that's a bingo. Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. You just say bingo. Bingo! How fun! Episode 2 of the double episode for Friday the 13th. My name is Nate Chacon the 3rd. And say it with me, y'all. This is Short Story Bingo. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, the retention program is working. I'm a glorified narrator to, to story songs, Jesus, to stories that you may never hear. Uh, what I do on this podcast is I either read a story by myself or several stories or a couple poems per Bill McGonagall from our last episode, which I implore you to check out um, either by myself or uh, with a guest and we riff on it nonetheless so welcome uh, this is the second episode of the double uh, EP uh, that we're doing for uh, Friday the 13th um, want to make it known that certainly appreciate uh, you know again all the love that was been shown on the previous episodes the Spotify is blowing up so if you have friends that would uh, would much rather utilize Spotify uh, certainly direct them just to searching short story being on that way it's on all the platforms it's on all the things I don't know where you're listening but per my analytics it's saying the iOS uh, or Apple um, is taking precedence but whatever podcast player that you're using Please feel free to uh, refer to your friends, rate, subscribe, review, give five stars on the on the iTunes portion of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I certainly appreciate it, man. Just uh, pass it along to your friends. Um, with that being said, our Insta- the Instagram for uh, the podcast is officially up and running. It's at Short Story Bingo. And I'm, uh, I, it just took too long. It, well, it did take too long. Just, uh, you know, it took whatever. It just, it, it is what it is, and now it's going. So, certainly appreciate all the follows already. I'm going to follow everyone that I can. Uh, the algorithms or whatever uh, that Instagram does uh, blocked me from following too many people, I guess, at one time. So, but I'll get to you. I'll follow you, uh, and we'll uh, keep that up and going. I'm still going to be posting on my own um, Instagram. Um, to further promote the podcast, which is at Gabino underscore Grimes. Again, at Gabino gr- underscore Grimes. Um, and Gabino is G-A-B-I-N-O Grimes, G-R-H-Y-M-E-S. But without further ado, let's get into our random Twitter follower shout out. And uh, I thought this name was pretty funny. And then I looked into his profile and it uh, seems like a pretty interesting cat. But it's at Tim from the... 70s and duh is da just like you thought um at uh tim from the 70s and that's 70s shout out to you fella uh hope your stand-up career is uh, doing well and then uh of course nothing the, the only thing um that changed from this stat is uh the state uh one state in the top three but it went canada uk and austria as far as the top three countries beyond the united states and then for this um uh, it went Virginia, Texas, and California. What a day we'll make um, as far as uh, top three uh, states that are downloading the podcast. With that in mind, uh, what we're going to be reading today in uh, true Friday the 13th fashion is a story about a love story, in fact, about Jason Voorhees. Um, I had to scour the internet a little bit for this one. And that's fine because that's what I do. And that's what the short story bingo is about. Again, 
finding stories that you may not ever hear or read or listen to, whatever. Uh, but it's the only like um, name for it, like the it's Skyler, but like it's uh, Goth Metal Girl four sixty four on Quotev So shout to goth metal girl 464 i'm gonna post the link to uh, the actual story but before we do that we gotta get into the intro song one two three short story bingo episode 32 boom Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. Today was the day, the anniversary of Jason's death. Blake looked in the mirror and fixed her long, black tangle of hair. Her soul slowly broke apart every time this day came. The shadow of his death hung before her every day. But it was Friday the 13th. That shadow consumed her. It was six in the morning, though time meant nothing to her. Because fucking fuck clocks. (laughs) She hadn't even slept the night before. The phone rang obnoxiously from the other room. She clenched her fists and made her way to answer it. It was the police station. Her job. Hello? She answered weakly. Blake. It's Rick. Listen, I know today's your day off. But we really need you here today. There, there, there have been reports of murders in New Jersey. Too many to take care of on our own. Don't fucking call me, man. You know what? It's definitely my day off for sure. Like, don't call me. <laughs> too many to take up. Uh, too many to take care of on our own. You know what? I got to redo that with an accent. Something. Hold on. So they're in New Jersey. All right. Uh, it was the police station, her job. Hello, she answered weakly. Uh, Blake, it's, uh, it's Rick. Uh, listen, I know uh, today's your day off, uh, off day, but uh, we really need you here today. Uh, there have been reports of, uh, you know, murders in New Jersey and uh, too many to take care of on our own, said Rick. Said Rick, freaks, said Rick's deep voice through the phone. She sighed, as she should have. Fuck. Always at the wrong place in the wrong time. She wait, She had waited too long to respond. Uh, Blake, you still there? If you can't come, it's... No, I can come. Can you come pick me up? She responded drastically. Yeah, I'll be there in a few minutes. Hey, uh, thanks, Blake. You're, you're being a great help here. She hung up the phone and fell to the ground. What am I thinking? I can't do this. Not today. She thought to herself. She inhaled and exhaled shakily and forced herself to stand. She stumbled back to the bathroom and slowly got ready for the day ahead of her. Outside, she heard Rick honking, signaling he was there to pick her up. She took one last look in the cracked mirror and walked out the door. 
She got into the car, sinking heavily into the leather front seat, and they drove off. The drive was agonizing because his two front struts happened to be giving out, and he had no time to really address it because AutoZone didn't have the right part in. Thanks, Rick, for not taking care of your fucking car, man. (laughs) The drive was agonizing. Neither of them spoke. Only empty silence filled the car. And terrible renditions by a local band of Hall & Oates songs that for some reason took way too long to really get into the song. <laughs> neither of them spoke, uh, neither of them spoke. Only empty silence filled the car. Blake hated the silence. It allowed her thoughts to scream at her, antagonize her, make her suffer. The fact that no one noticed how much she suffered destroyed her even more. Would speak up, girl, shit. She needed to break the silence. Thanks, by the way, for picking me up. Yeah, it was uh, no problem. Sorry for asking you to come to work on your day off, Rick said timidly. It's fine, she lied. That's what happens when you have an important job, right? Rick smiled at her, but it quickly dis- uh, disappeared with a look of concern. Uh, forgive me for asking, but um, uh, why is that? Why is it that uh? Every Friday the 13th, you take a fucking day off. Is it like a birthday or something? He asked. Blake closed her eyes in contemplation. This motherfucker. Thinking about that day. That unforgettable day. The call that completely changed her life. She imagined Jason falling in the water, scared, suffocating, drowning, no one helping him, no one being there for him. All because she had left him. She had abandoned him. She left him for dead. She opened her now tearful eyes and said, Let's just say I lost someone very important to me on this day. Pity crossed Rick's face. Oh, um, I, uh, I'm real sorry to hear that. More silence. If you don't mind me asking, um, who was it? Yeah, I fucking mind you asking me, man. Also, just drive. We're taking care of murders. But I, I appreciate Rick being uh, consolatory to the situation here. Blake looked out the window, staring at her reflection on the uh, on the windowsill into her, her wet green eyes. He waited for a response, but never received one. So she's just like looking and like, yeah, if you don't mind me asking, who was it? <laughs> she just never says anything. Which sometimes is like very indicative and or obvi- which is obviously um shows the the pain. Like when you ask someone like, Hey man, like you're cool and Rick pulled up to the police station, turning off the car but never getting out. Where Blake stifled a sigh. I'll be there in a minute. He still sat in the car, looking at her sadly. Look, uh, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. I can drive you back and, uh, you know. No! He jumped back at her retort. Okay, hey. 
He got out of the car and walked into the building. You can do this, she told herself. Taking a deep breath, she opened the car door and got out. Approaching the building, her thoughts whirled in her head. It's your fault. Kill yourself. You don't deserve pity, murderer. Blake stopped stopped and shut her eyes. Tears streamed down her cheeks. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. She screamed while smacking her head repeatedly. The voices came to a whisper and she proceeded to the building. Which is like also fucking a flag. Like, hey, you you okay? Who the fuck you talking to? Who the fuck you telling to shut up? Because literally no one here. It's fucking 1130 at fucking night. (laughs) Blake stepped to the door and Rick waved her over. There was a new officer. She walked over to the blonde woman and greeted her with a comforting fake smile. Blake, this is Selena. Selena, this is Blake, he said cheerfully. They shook hands. Welcome to the team. The girl smiled at her happily. She wished she could smile like that again. Laugh and smile without a care in the world. That ability died with Jason. I love that Jason has a st- an admirer. After watching all the Jasons that I've watched. Also, hold on a minute. I, side note, and super big tangent. Um, found, uh, like, I, Freddy vs. Jason, if you haven't watched the movie yet, please, like, just, I mean, not please, whatever, but I, it would, the movie is pretty good. It's, like, top five for B shitty movies, but, like, for sure, was told today, um, after like I'm like I was talking to a coworker about what the story was going to be um and I cuz I had read like 3 pages in or whatever or 4 pages it doesn't matter the point that I'm making is that I was like yo um there's a movie Freddy vs Jason and someone was like what there is and mind you they're much younger by like 10 years on me but I was like yeah man there's a movie Freddy vs. Jason. So just tangent, Freddy vs. Jason is a thing. And go watch that shit. That shit is awesome. Alright. The girl smiled at, okay, so Blake, this is Selena. Selena, this is Blake, he said cheerfully. They shook hands. Welcome to the team. The girl smiled at her happily. She, referring to Blake. Wish she could smile that like that again. Laugh and smile without a care in the world. That ability died with Jason. They walked away. Blake wiping off her fake smile as she walked to her office. She didn't make it three feet to her office before she was called again. Blake, thank God you're here. Come look at these reports. Maybe you can help identify the killer. A rookie said from behind his desk. I want his name to just be a rookie. She sighed and made her way over to him. There were, there was a multitude of people at the table. At least not 10, not 11, not 12, but you guessed it. 40 fucking four. She's getting at least 13. What's going on? She asked when she arrived at the table. Folders upon folders were thrust at her. She quickly looked through them while her partners filled her in on the situation. 
there have been multiple reports of uh, murders at uh, Camp Crystal Lake. We haven't been able to identify the killer yet. Blake dropped the folders. Camp Crystal Lake? Yes, ma'am. She couldn't believe what she was hearing. First Jason, now this. That place was a death trap. Yeah, man. Because he's a death trap. Selena raced up to the table, eager to help. Selena's a new girl, right? Yeah. Looking at the photos and hearing where the murders were taking place seemed to stop her in her tracks. Her face went blank, as if she was reminiscing on old memories. She was in her own world. Then in the, bl- then in the blink of an eye, she was back to reality, as if nothing happened. What does she know about Camp Crystal Lake that I don't? Why is this affecting her? The, the voices were screaming these at Blake prohibiting her to focus there was silence in the room but she didn't know why Selena that's ridiculous he's been dead for years there's no way that he's the killer multiple voices rang out at Selena it has to be even look even look at the way he kills the machete wounds drownings they all died while they were having sex or doing something either illegal or sexual he supposedly died because the counselors were too busy to fucking pay attention to him she retorted who are you talking about, Selena? Blake lashed out suddenly. Ooh, we got a little cat fight. Blake lashed out suddenly. She had been so deep in her own thoughts that she hadn't heard who Selena had claimed to be the killer. Jason Voorhees. Blake stared angrily at her, not believing her ear. She wanted to strangle her, to shut her up and scream at her that she's wrong. Calmly, she shut her eyes and stated firmly, Jason's been dead since 1957. He drowned at nine years old. End of story. He's innocent. With all due respect, Blake, Jason's body was never recovered. He could have survived and is now vengefully killing people who enter his territory. And how can you confirm this? I've seen him. I even have his mask as proof. I bought it on eBay. I know it's 1970, whatever the fuck. Just kidding. I even have his mask as proof. I'll show you if you just let me. You're delusion. You're delusional. Jason's dead. Now shut your lying little mouth before I shut it for you. Oh, hey, enough. Rick broke up the argument. So these girls are going back and forth. Clearly, both know about what's going on with Jason. For, uh, Fury flood through Blake. How dare she come in here and accuse my Jason of the killer? Her brain was screaming, her vision blurring. She wanted, no, she needed to hurt her. Blake, I strongly recommend you go home. This was your day off after all. Oh, hold on. This isn't Rick's voice. Blake, um, I strongly recommend you go home. Uh, this was your day off after all, and uh, you need some time to grieve for your loss, Rick stated sincerely. Blake glared at him, then at Selena, who looked both confused and scared of her. She had good reason to be scared of her. No, I'm staying here. Blake, go home. He stated it like a question. He didn't state it like a question. It was an order. She balled her hands up into fists, biting back her anger. We'll go to Camp Crystal Lake in the morning and investigate. We'll stay the night to see if this Jason is really a threat. Blake, you're going to hang back. 
like hell I am. Rick glared at her angrily. Blake glared back. I'm going, she said firmly. He sighed in defeat. All right, very well. Uh, 9 a.m. sharp. Don't be late. She stomped out the door and kept walking. She knew she wouldn't be able to walk all the way home because, no, I'm sure it's miles away. But she wasn't going to get a ride from Rick. Why not? What the fuck? He just was telling you to calm down. Just get a ride. We'll throw your ego aside. She just kept walking. Oh, here we go. Okay. She just kept walking. All she could think about was her trip back to Camp Crystal Lake in the morning. She needed answers, and she needed them now. I'm having it. Obviously, this is. I mean, she just keeps walking. She's probably going to run into something. She was crazy. Every day it got worse. The dreams of Jason drowning, the screams for help, the guilt awaited her every night. She awaited the day she could finally join him in death. Blake thought about ways to get home other than walking, like fucking hitchhike. <laughs> or maybe take or ask Rick to take you home. Blake thought about ways to get home other than walking. Her parents cut the contact cord with her long ago. Any co-workers were long, no longer options. This is pre-cell phones for sure. So, like, I mean, if you're that far out, like, you're just walking or walking. Any co-workers, uh, too. Okay, Blake thought about ways to get home other than walking. Her parents cut the contact cord with her long ago. Any co-workers were no longer options. What about Elizabeth? She was her friend, right? She pulled out her phone and called. Wait a second. Never mind. This is fucking cell phone time. Hello? Hello? I want that to be Elizabeth's fucking... Hello? Elizabeth said over the phone. Hey, it's Blake. Um, Could you uh, give me a ride home? I was uh, driven to work and then they told me to go home. I'd rather not wait for Rick to get his head out of his ass and drive me back. She responded. Of course, dude. Just tell me where you are. Blake gave her the coordinates, and soon enough, Elizabeth Elizabeth was there to pick her up. She got in the car, and Elizabeth, with a look of concern on her face, gave her a hug. Are you okay? She asked. Blake nodded and thanked her for the ride before buckling her seatbelt. Hey, there's something wrong with your fucking seatbelt, man. Just kidding. Upon arriving home, Blake walked to her bedroom. Zombie-like and immediately fell asleep. She was being chased. She was running through Camp Crystal Lake. She was running from something. But what? This is, I'm, assu- I'm assuming this is in her dream. Suddenly, he was right in front of her. Ooh, hold on a minute. Suddenly, he was in front of her. She was knocked to the ground. Oh, shit. Okay. All right, she was being chased. She was running through Camp Crystal Lake. She was running from something. But what? Suddenly, he was in front of her. She was knocked to the ground. A burned face stared down at her. Razor claws cut at her. While his other hand did unspeakable things to the rest of her body. She screamed until her throat bled. Elizabeth shook her awake. Tears ran down Blake's face and she self-consciously felt herself up and down. I called to check on you, but you didn't answer. I was worried, so I drove back, Karen. You heard you screaming. Are you okay? She seemed out of breath. 
Sweat ran down Blake's face. She she felt violated and scared to fall asleep again. Yeah, just a nightmare. Her voice cracked at every word. Elizabeth rubbed her back. You seem to have those a lot. Blake scoffed at that. Did you take your meds or back in? Just kidding. The, the, the she really said, or in the story, she said, "Did you take your meds?" She hadn't taken her medicine in months. They helped her drift into a dreamless slumber. She wanted to feel the guilt from what she had done to Jason, so she stopped taking them so the dreams would consume her. This time, though, it was different. Before she answered, Elizabeth had a glass of water and some pills ready for the taking. Without saying another word, Blake took the medicine and escaped into blissful oblivion. Okay, now we all know who the burned face fellow is, right? I mean, it's not said yet, but I think we all know, right? This wasn't a dream. Blake was in darkness. All she knew was that she was scared. When her eyes adjusted to the darkness, she looked at her surrounding. She was in a closet. Okay. All right, so we're in a closet. Just keep your mouth shut. All right. She can't move. She can only sit and listen the horrors that are about to come to fruition. A male says, Babe, you know I don't like to be touched after. The female then replies, Fine, I'll go take a shower then. Good, your hair smells like menthols anyway. The male replies aggravated. Asshole, the girl mumbles. Blake furrows her brows in annoyance at the conversation, because I am too right now. They seem like nice people, she thought sarcastically. They seem like nice people, she thought sarcastically. All this seemed familiar, but why? A door shut and there was silence. A crack of a can opening breaks the silence, followed by screaming. Blake jumped in surprise and covered her mouth to stop herself from screaming as well. She could hear something meaty being torn. Oh, God. Something metal hit the floor. Another scream accompanied by the sound of breaking bones. She was frozen in fear. The closet swung open and Blake Blake whimpered. This was the end. This is where she died. A man with a bloody machete and hockey mask towered over her. Her breathing began to quicken. He raised the machete but stopped mid-swing. The bathroom door was starting to open. He took one last look at her then ran off. She fainted. Blake woke up. You better thank that chick that came out of the bathroom. Blake woke up. Okay. Blake woke up. Eyes full of tears and breathing heavily. That wasn't a dream. I mean... It might have been a dream. You just took some pills to put you into a dream. So she looked around the room, her mind spinning. She shut her eyes and let the tears flow from them. It was a memory. Though she barely slept, Blake was at Camp Crystal Lake at 9 a.m. sharp with the rest of her co-workers. Had a girl. Work ethic. Her whole body shook and her eyes darted everywhere except the lake itself. She bit back the need to cry. Rick and Selena were there, along with a few other people she didn't recognize. They were putting their overnight bags into the cabins. Blake hadn't even brought 
an overnight bag. She stared blankly at the woods. Selena eyed her warily from afar. Investigations took place and Blake found anything she could to prove Jason's innocence. In the end, no evidence for either side was found. The group set up a fire. As the night drew near, her mind wandered while staring at the fire. Who was that masked man? What happened? Why was I there? Why didn't I remember it until now? She closed her eyes and held on to the locket. That J- Damn, Jason gave her a locket even? She closed her eyes and held on to the locket that Jason had given her. The gift he gave her before she abandoned him. Jason was a little... Okay, alright, Jason. I remember from Freddy vs. Jason and how... I'm from, from any of the Jasons. How a little, you know, uh, Swamp Manny... Uh, Jason's face was they never depicted Jason as like a clean cut kid like he was always like you know honest like just like kind of the dude that I mean you don't want to say that you picked on but you picked on and like later in life ended up being you know for sure going to graduate school and you know figuring his life out or the dude that definitely did not figure his life out and so you can also be like, man, you really didn't pull it together. But like, he wasn't ever like Jason wasn't ever like Freddy Krueger was definitely like a regular ass dude until he wasn't regular anymore. As far as like looks are concerned, I don't know. But yeah, Jason gave her a locket. Okay, she closed her eyes and held on to the locket that Jason had given her, the gift he gave her before she abandoned him. Nineteen fifty-seven, Camp Crystal. Blake. Hey, Blake, come here, Jason yelled before Blake got in her parents' car. She had to leave for New York City that day, which meant she had to leave Jason, her best friend. One minute, Mom, I have to say goodbye to Jason, Blake said, running to him. While running, she slipped and crashed into him. They looked at each other and laughed before helping each other back up. Jason looked at Blake and nervously said, So, um... Since you're uh, uh, leaving, I uh, wanted to give you this. He handed her a beautiful silver heart-shaped locket. Blake gasped. She opened the locket. In the locket was carved, Jason and Blake, best friends since 1950. And a picture of them making funny faces at the camera. Blake looked at Jason, who was looking at the ground in embarrassment. I hope you like it. I love it. Thank you so much, Blake said. She hugged Jason tightly. He breathed a sigh of relief and hugged her back. I really wish you didn't have to go, Jason whispered. Me neither, Blake whispered back. They hesitantly drew away from each other. While doing so, Blake, without thinking, planted a kiss on Jason's lips. It was quick, but they looked at each other in shock. Blake laughed nervously. Well, um, uh, I gotta go. Bye, Jason. Blake took off running, leaving Jason there. Lost in confusion. On the ride to New York City, Blake's heart beat out of her chest and her lips tingled as she gripped the locket. She thought about him the entire ride. 1972, Camp Crystal Lake. 
Blake opened her now teary eyes and looked back at the locket. So it's back to present day or present day for this story. 15 years later. Blake opened her now teary eyes and looked at the locket. If she hadn't left, Jason would still be alive. The group started to head to their cabins for the night. Blake's mind was worrying to even think about sleep. She looked over to the dark woods. They seemed to entrance her to come closer. Before she knew it, she was in the middle of the woods. A hand grabbed her. She jumped back. A deformed face stared down at her. It looked familiar. Was it? No, it couldn't be. The machete swung down. Frozen, Blake couldn't move. She was lost in Jason's eyes. It was him. She could recognize that face anywhere. The machete came down quickly. Her confusion and fear blacked out. She wasn't thinking anymore. Quickly, Blake rolled out Blake rolled out of the way, causing Jason to get his machete stuck in the log. She started to run. In frustration, he let go of the machete, grabbed Blake by the neck, and threw her into a nearby tree. So he doesn't know who the fuck she he's just trying to get his kills in. Her head connected to the tree and made a horrific crack. Ooh. He lifted her back up by her neck. Oh, hold on. He lifted her back up by her neck. She was unconscious. Something shiny fell to the ground. Oh, it's the locket. It caught Jason's eye, and he grabbed it. He froze as he looked at what it fell. The locket. Called it. His oversized heart, because he's got a condition. And also, guys, don't make fun of him because of his condition. It's, I mean, you know, it's something that he's been going to the doctor for, and, you know, we hope he gets better. His oversized heart pounded as he opened the locket. Revealing the picture, their picture. His eyes widened. His hands shook as he looked at Blake, her head bleeding from the impact. <laughs> okay. His hands shook as he looked at Blake, her head bleeding from the impact. He picked her up gently and. Hold on. Her head bleeding from the impact. I got to go back. Okay. That's just, obviously that's funny. His hand shook and he looked at Blake, her head bleeding from the impact. Okay. All right. Something shiny fell to the ground. It caught Jason's eye and he grabbed it. He froze as he looked at what had fell. The locket. His oversized heart pounded as he opened the locket, revealing the picture, their picture. His eyes widened. His hands shook as he looked at Blake, her head Still bleeding from the impact, he picked her up gently and carried her off to his safe haven. She wouldn't wake up. Jason paced the room in his cabin. Her heart was still beating. She was still alive. He couldn't breathe. He needed air. Of course he did. He pushed himself outside to the cold night air. She was alive. He started walking. He still needed to get rid of the others. He headed for the cabin. Or he headed for the cabins. She was still alive. Hello? Blake yelled into the darkness that surrounded her. Hello? She yelled again. She walked blindly, trying to find a light or an exit. She found a dead... God damn it. 
sighing, she continued walking around the room for an escape. But no luck. She ended up she just ended up right where she started. There's gotta be a way out of this place, Blake said, attempting to motivate herself. She approached one of the walls and followed it, examining, care, uh, examining it carefully for a way out of her predicament. A deep and demonic voice boomed through the room. There is only one escape, my... Let's do that one more time. There is only one escape, my daughter. No, that's dumb. That's a better voice for that. There is only one escape, my darling. Death, it said. Startling, Blake quickly turned around but found no one hello who said that she asked suddenly a rough pair of hands wrapped around her waist and that and that same voice whispered violently into Blake's ear I did darling she gasped and turned around again to find no one she was up against the wall the burned face from before lay inches away from her no, 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 not again, Blake screamed. Oh, but it is, my precious. Your little boyfriend Jason just so happened to have knocked you out. Meaning, you're going to be here with me until I'm satisfied. He responded. Also creepy. Fuck. His hands slowly started to creep up Blake's shirt. She tried to stop it, but she couldn't move. Tears rolled down her face. In a desperate attempt to get away from him, she called for help. Help! Help, Jason, help me. Oh, well, here we go. This is then. All right. Help. Help, Jason, help me. Freddie chuckled. <laughs> As he unstrapped her bra and caressed her breast. Jesus. He can't hear you. He threw her naked body to the ground. Damn. Fuck. You know, it's okay. I know that we all have our thing. I, I, I was saying this the other night. I don't, I like Freddy Krueger. You know what? I'll save that for the end. Freddy chuckled as he unstrapped her bra and caressed her breasts. He can't. <clears throat> excuse me. He can't hear you. He threw her naked body to the ground. She screamed for help again. He scowled. You still don't get it. You're not going to be saved from this place. He's not going to save you. I won't let him save you. He pulls you out of here, then I go with you. And your and your Jason will be lying in a grave with my blades in his eyes. He boomed. She wouldn't let that happen. No, I won't let him be taken from me again, she pushed. Clawed, bit, scratched, but to no avail. The man wouldn't budge. You're getting annoying, he said. <laughs> he raised his blades and stabbed them into Blake's throat. Oh, Her scream echoed through the woods. Jason ran back to her. She was still alive. She had to be. He burst into the cabin where he left Blake and dropped his machete as he stared at her uh, bloodied body. Oh, no. Jason rushed to Blake's bloodied body. He grasped her hand and checked for a pulse. A pulse? A pulse? What's a pulse? You know what? Let's look up pulse. Fuck it. Since we're here, it's Friday the 13th. What is Pulse? Is there a Pulse? Is there a Pulse? Come on, Google. Tell me there's Pulse. Nope. There's Charlie Pulse. I don't know who Charlie Pulse is, but there's not Pulse. All right. 
Jason rushed to Blake's bloodied body. He grasped her hand and checked for a pulse. Nothing. Sorrow filled Jason's corrupt soul. He fell to his knees and shut his eyes. This couldn't be happening. He finally found her after all these years. He placed her hand on his lips, kissing it roughly. (laughs) Good job. In the silence of the room. Ooh, here we go. In the silence of the room, a familiar laugh echoed in Jason's head. (laughs) It was a laugh of someone he fought long ago. Freddy. He shook in anger. He should have known Freddy would have gone to her first. He should have remembered he hadn't killed him the first time they met. Jason squeezed Blake's lifeless hand and looked at her. He touched her cheek. Freddy's laughter filled Jason's head again. (laughs) He shook his head back and forth, hoping to get the voice out of his head. A tear, a tear even, fell from Jason's eye. This guy's a man. He just wants to be loved. He remembered that day, the day she kissed him. How much he wanted to feel her warm and soft lips on his once again. He leaned over and pressed his lips against hers. The coldness of her lips sent a shiver down Jason's spine. His tears fell onto Blake's face. He pulled away from her, looked at the locket he had taken from her, and placed it ever so gently back on her neck. He felt a hand on his shoulder. He reached for the hand but felt nothing. Confused, he turned around, but still he found no one. Jason, someone whispered. The voice filled Jason's head. It was her voice. Oh, sorry, let me redo that again. Uh, confused, he turned around, but still he found no one. Jason, someone whispered. The voice filled Jason's head. It was her voice. It was Blake's voice. He spun around, but only found Blake's dead body. Huh? Jason, she said again. This time when he turned around, he was greeted by a body-shaped light. The light moved closer to Jason, reaching for him. As it got closer, he could see what the light really was. It was Blake. He started to walk toward the light. Once they were face to face, Jason tried to say her name, but failed to do so because he can't fucking talk. (laughs) Only a croak came out. Oh my God. Once they were face to face, just please picture this with me. Once they were face to face, Jason tried to say her name, but failed failed to do so. Only a croak came out. I have you, no one's ever. I haven't ever heard Jason say shit in any movie. So like the, going face to face and being like, because uh, uh. <laughs> you can't talk because you're Jason Voorhees. You fuck. Tears were streaming from her eyes and a smile was on her face. Jason, ever since we were kids, I've wanted to tell you one thing. And that one thing is that, um, I love you and I always will. Freddy isn't the keeper of my soul. Never will be. When he killed me, I didn't allow him to take me. He said it was me or you and I couldn't live with the thought of having you dead. 
Not again. I'm in a better place now. I no longer have to feel scared or sorrow. I can feel free. I don't want you to think this is your fault because it's not. It's no one's fault but mine. But that's okay. I'm always going to be here with you, Jason. I'm never going to leave your side because I love you. Blake said through her tears. He tried to tell her that he loved her too, but again, he only managed to croak it out. Shh, shut up, is what he told her, <laughs> or she told him. No, then, but again, he only managed to croak it out. <laughs> I know you do, Jason, she said while smiling through her tears. He reached for her hand, but it only went... Th- he reached for her hand, but it only went through her hand and made her vanish into thin air. He closed his eyes, exhaled, and turned to Blake's body again. You can do this, she whispered to Jason. He picked up her body, walked out of the cabin, and walked through the woods to a tree that they had carved their names into as kids. He dug a grave, put her into it, and buried her. On the tree, he carved her name. And every Friday the 13th, he would visit her grave and leave letters by it, which was always given back to him with her signature at the bottom of the paper and a song which she sung to him every day. Here's the song, all right? This is cute. This is supposed to be a fucking scary story, or not really scary. This is cute. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with it. It's cute, but stupid, but also cute, but not stupid. I appreciate the, the different type of feeling when you hear Freddy and Jason and blood and someone getting their throat slit. Ooh, you and I were in a dream. You'd follow closer wherever I'd lead. The steps you'd echo on and on. You'd catch me safe if ever I fall. Your hand in mine, we walked along. No hill too high, no road was too long. To stay with you, my only dream. To share your life, whatever it means. Ooh, ooh, I knew you'd have to go away. My love for you could not help you stay. You drifted off day by day. I cherish every breath that remained in my arms close to me. Your body broke, your soul was set free. You left this world, my treasured friend. The chapter closed, but love has no end. Farewell, my angel, you are always, or you are with me always. Just close your eyes now. Next time we meet, it's forever. (laughs) Okay. Oh, that's cute. And that's the end. That's it. I thought... I thought that legit that Freddy was going to, that Jason and Freddy were going to fight, but they didn't fight. He just got really sad. Oh, Jason, you are such a gentleman, sir. Gentleman. 
episode 32 is in the books. We just read um, My Sacrifice by Goth Metal Girl 464. Uh, she has a couple other published uh, works that I'll, I mean, I'm going to uh, put the description for this particular one um, in the description box here. But yeah, man, that's cr- That's pretty cool. I don't know. You know, just a twist. It's Friday the 13th. What do you expect? I don't know. I just was searching again. I don't know. We're, fi- we're finding stories that you may not ever see. Make sure to comment uh, again, rate, subscribe. Let uh, your friends know that what we're doing over here on Short Story Bingo. Uh, again, the Instagram is up and running at Short Story Bingo. Certainly appreciate uh, all the love and support. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention before uh, you know we get out of here is that oh. I'm definitely going to keep you guys informed. Well, you guys will just know next Friday what the secret was uh, that I'm holding um, about what I'm doing this weekend. But, um, you know, I wanted to express a certain amount of a a large amount of appreciation for um, folks that have stuck with me from 2014 because I ran a different show, Synchro's Pod Show. And what I was doing was um, hip-hop interviews uh, with this local scene out here in Salt Lake City. And and abroad, actually. I did a a couple over-the-phone interviews, which was super cool, too. But thank you. And uh, we're 32 episodes in, and um, I still have, like, this passion and and this desire to make it happen even when i'm tired of shit i still make this uh you know these podcasts go down so um yeah at some point uh you know i feel like it's very necessary to say thank you to you guys for listening and um giving you more content and uh coming out with new merchandise and stuff like that new logo stuff like that all that it's all coming soon just stick with me short story bingo episode 32 appreciate you guys listening and we're gonna definitely like episode 33 um we're gonna do something a little lighthearted because that was uh i don't know we've been I, i feel like i've been doing a lot of um it doesn't even matter. I just would like to do something lighthearted. And if you have a suggestion for something, make sure to let me know. So short story bingo at gmail.com rate review, subscribe, let your friends know about it. Let me know what you think of about the previous episodes too. We're 32 episodes in. So there's a bunch of stuff, to, a bunch of content for you to listen to. Thank you so much again. My name is Nate. You the third and, um, oh, fuck, how do I get out of this? Come on. You. <coughs> <coughs> Friday the 13th. <coughs> Oh, wait. Here we go. Oh, there's the sliced cheese. Dun-dun-dun! Spare fingers! Yes!